Do you want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. It lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. You know I love that, and I promise you the other platforms don't offer that. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can also earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. I've been using Spotify for Podcasters from the very start. I highly recommend you give it a try. Just don't post on Monday. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Welcome to this very special edition of Monday Match Analysis, an emergency edition. It is not Monday. It is U.S. Open Draw Reveal Day, and for that, uh, we welcome back to the program Daniel Scotty, Action Network's tennis writer. Scotty, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm excited. I'm, I'm hungry for the tournament. I'm very hungry. Oh, yes. Aren't we all? Now, I actually have... Um, I'm dressed for this interview. I have my U.S. Open... 2013 ball boy jacket on did you get dressed up oh for the interview I, I'm, I'm ironically and um you know coincidentally wearing a lecoq sportif shirt but now i'm hearing you're ready to you know fetch some balls i feel like we should hit the court uh, yeah we, we should we, we we definitely should um hit the court but first let's talk about this draw let's get started um when you first looked at it i think that everyone's first reaction was Holy crap, Djokovic is in Federer's quarter. Was that the first thing that sort of hit you when you looked at this draw? It, it was one of the first things. Um, of course, when a 128-person draw, you know, gets gets deployed, there are a few things that hit you. But um, yeah, that was towards the top of the list for sure. Yeah, I, I almost tweeted this out and I didn't. But before the draw was released, I thought I would jinx it. It turned out not to matter. Please, no Djokovic in Federer or Nadal's draw, uh, quarter rather, because it, that annoys me when it happens. I want the best players in the semi, so I was hoping that that didn't happen. Yeah, but here's the deal with that. There's a, there's a little bit of a snafu with that, is that I'm not sure Federer, the way he's looked recently, would get to the semifinal or yeah. the court, you know, if, if it was, if they were on opposite sides. So I think this is the way we get the best bang for the buck, because theoretically, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, we could get Novak fed in the quarters and then, or in the, yeah, in the quarters rather, and then Novak, you know, Sasha Chilich in the semis and then, and then Novak Nadal in the final. So we could spread ourselves out pretty nicely there. Yeah, certainly no, no, no real complaints. I, I always root for, I always root for, for if there's three guys, I want, I want one of them in, in the semis instead of the quarters. But let's talk about Roger because that was probably the second thing that generated the most buzz was, it appears, and, and we'll dig deeper into it, but it appears Roger Federer couldn't have gotten much. It, his, his draw couldn't get much worse. Are, are, you, are you with me on that? Yeah, he's got what? Kyrgios in the, the third round? Yeah, so it if would they, be. To get there, and then Fanini looming in the fourth round, and then obviously we just spoke about it, Novak potentially in the right. quarterfinals. It's, it's and Benoit Pair. Benoit Perrin, the second, who took him to a third set tiebreak on grass earlier in the year. 
Yes, I obviously noticed that uh, Fonya and Buma Pair were both in the same pocket of the draw, so that's going to be an exciting little region. Uh-huh. So, the one thing is, let, let's go match by match here with Federer, because I think I think this is important and a lot of people are talking about it and interested in it. Uh, so, the third round match, Kyrgios, where do you think Kyrgios is at and how confident are you that Kyrgios gets to the third round? Because, to me, like... Uh, I have trouble banking on Nick Kyrgios to string together wins at the moment. Yeah, I do too, but I don't think the um, I don't think his competition is anything specifically style-wise that will bother him. I don't think they have big enough serves. I think he he'll he'll lose against a guy with a bigger serve that could get cheap points on him if he's not trying, and he can kind of just get lulled to sleep with the uh, you know the, the rhythm of the match. But um, I think with the who has he got Albert in the first round. And then, yeah, either Bambri or Air Bear in the second. He should be fine. Yeah, I mean, Albert has – both of those guys, I expect it to be Albert and Air Bear. Uh, that's just kind of my hunch. I don't think Bambri – right? Air Bear will be, will be the favorite in that one. Um, Albert yeah. has – he upset PCB in first round of Wimbledon. You're right about the serve. He's got no serve. But he's a guy who's put together some wins recently, and Air Bear as well. Both of them are in are in decent form. And with Nick, I guess it's just about. I think that when he plays the top guys and he's focused, everyone knows he's dangerous. Uh, it's it's just a matter of can he will he stay focused and healthy in the first two rounds enough to play better. Yes. Yeah, that's the short answer. I mean, yeah. anything's possible. He lost to whom? It was a Marchenko at the U.S. Open a few years ago. So, I mean, literally anything is possible. Right. If you're going to ask me, you know, to give my pick on it, I think he gets to the third. Okay. And the other thing is it's been a little while since he's upset a, a big gun at the major, but it's the kind of thing where you you know every once in a while Nick Kyrgios is going to do that. So how do you feel about his chances to upset Roger Federer in the third round? I think that they're slightly less than his chances of getting upset by Radu Alba in the first round. I mean, as you just touched on, a guy like Kyrgios has almost like, you know, ridiculously has more of a chance against the top four players <laughs> than he does some, you know, players sitting around 50 or, you know, 75 in the rankings. Like he's, he, you know, as he puts it, gets up for those matches. So I, if he does get to the third round and Roger's there, you know, buckle up, that's going to be a good match. Yeah, always plays Roger tight. I agree. Always close sets. A lot of tie breaks in always that one. Always tie breaks. Yep. Yeah, so many tie breaks. So that would be huge. Third round, probably like a Friday night, Labor Day weekend. That that would be uh, that would be special. Uh, I am leaning that. I, I do have Kyrgios getting there, just to be clear. But a lot of the times, people get ahead uh, ahead of themselves. Like if you remember uh, at Wimbledon, uh, everyone was looking forward to Chorich playing Federer after beating him in the Hall of Final. But Chorich had Medvedev first round. Everyone kind of looked past that. And you and I both know that that's a match that can go either way. So I just kind of want to hammer home the point that when it comes to people, players having tough draws and draw analysis in general, there's way too much looking ahead sometimes. Yep, I agree with everything you just said. All right. So here's the decision, Scotty. Are we going to go... Talk about Fed Djokovic, or are we going to go to the other side of the draw and cover Nadal a bit? I'm going to, I'm going to go with you. No, what, what are you feeling right now? I want to touch on it. Let's, let's touch on Novak. Let's touch okay. on Novak, Fed. 
Okay, let's do it. There's still stuff that I've been waiting that's been on my mind that I've just been waiting to vent. My, my therapy session is until next week, so ah. this will have to do. <laughs> this will do. This is just I, as good. Believe me. So here's the deal. Uh, I was stuck in a, um, a YouTube vortex, uh, specifically a tennis YouTube vortex, just watching, you know, those, those accounts that uh, post the game, actual game tape of, of matches past. And I landed upon Fed Nadal last year at the Indian Wells Finals. And I know we all we all know how like you know how good Rogers been since coming back from that little you know hiatus, if you will. Yes. But if you actually go back and watch that match, there are like seven to ten shots that are just like, how did he do that? And and this is by not just by a tennis player's standards; these are by the Roger Federer standards. Mm-hmm. And it's the ones that stuck out to me was the backhand. And against that against Novak in that Cincinnati final, it just didn't. It was. I mean, it didn't look like it didn't look even resemble the Roger I saw against Nadal last Indian Wells. But I mean, like levels below. Yes. Levels below. I think it has to do with. I and I don't want to like you know, handcuff his his age thing, but I think he looks a step slow. You? Yeah, I think that he has looked a little bit slow, but I also think. I also think that the the forehand is lacking confidence, even when he's set up, even in, even when he's in the right place to hit that shot. I he's think not that putting he, it away. He's not hitting his forehand well, and Roger's backhand improved immensely in 2017, but his offensive tennis still will only go as far as his forehand can take him. So that's the shot that I've pinpointed this year that I feel like has never been to the level that, that it needs to be. That's me. Yeah, I, no, I agree. But the, the backhand for me, and it's, I like that we kind of spotting different things. But the backhand he was taking so early, it's almost like his timing's off. Maybe he's getting to balls a half step slow or whatever it is. But he was get, his backhand. He was hitting these short angles with it for winners against Rafa Nadal, yeah. and like I, I, it's just a shot that I didn't see once in that Cincinnati final. And he does look like he's lacking confidence just in general with his game all right. around. Right. The double faults are, are another thing that that was shocking to see in, in two big moments in that match. So how do you how much different do you think uh, a US Open best of five sets, Arthur Ashe Stadium, how different can that be than Cincinnati? So uh, are you how does that change the way you look at that match? The fact that it, it will be under different conditions? I mean, unfortunately, I, I think that it's not going to get any better at the U.S. Open yeah. because the conditions for Roger Federer at Cincinnati, they're quick playing courts. Um, obviously, that suits Novak, too, but it's going to suit Roger more, typically. Um, these U.S. Open courts, just also especially on Ash, they're slower. So I've always thought that these courts are perfect for Djokovic. He gets to every single ball, and he's still able to play his offensive game and counterpunch. If they, if they play in the quarterfinal, I think that this – you know, three, four sets, Novak. Yeah. You remember those, we, we speak about this kind of often offline, about those those few matches that they played, They were a lot of them were finals in between 2014 and 2016, where, um, and I, I don't want to use, you know, odds too much, but those were pick-em matches yeah. in the in the books, and, and, and they were straightforward, four-set Djokovic wins. So I, I'd expect more of that if Djokovic brings his A game. Yeah, Djokovic A game, Federer A game. I, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I don't think that there's that much rationale besides besides people's wishful thinking that that Federer is going to be out for revenge which isn't really a, a real thing that exists in sports it's more of just a public conception kind of thing 
there's no there's nothing I can think of that would point to Feder having more success against Djokovic at the Open than he did against Cincinnati. Besides him possibly playing better, but even if he plays better, I, I didn't feel like Federer was ever in that match at Cincinnati. So uh, I think we both like Djokovic there, right? Yes, but can I can I quickly just play a little devil's advocate with you? Sure. I I agree that the revenge thing is a uh, is is more so something for the fans than it is for the players. However, Federer hates Djokovic. He always has. <laughs> Djokovic was the guy that came onto the tour and kind of took his spot. Um, and I truly believe that Djokovic, that uh, Roger, I'm sorry, doesn't doesn't like Djokovic. You know, he respects him. All the things off the court, that's fine. Yeah. But as as a rival and a competitor, I don't think he likes him. And I think that the revenge thing is a very real thing for Roger. When Roger loses confidence, he gets more angry than 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 guy, a guy like Rafa, who will just get more determined or you know try and ramp up the willpower. I yeah. think it does bother Roger. We've seen grumpy Roger in the past. Yes. So it'll be interesting. Do I think it'll be enough to to take down Djokovic? I'm not sure, but. But I, I think that will be a storyline if they do play. Yeah, Roger gets very uh, he he gets very uptight. He got very uptight, I believe, in in Cincinnati, and there were even some people saying that his on court demeanor looked different. Let's get to Rafa though. Um, do you feel like do you feel like Rafa get, gets a pretty easy road at least to to the semifinals here? Because I have pinpointed one guy in his eighth actually that I feel can be really dangerous for him. Who Hatchinov? Hatchy. Yeah, Hatchinov's nice on these on slow. I love him on a slow hard court. Yeah, it's going to be a tough match. Hatchinov, he's got the big serve. One of Rafa's, I think, one of his weak points is probably his first serve return. Not that it's bad, but we're talking about Rafa Nadal, so you got to, you know, you got to pick weaknesses here. And then the other thing is when Rafa plays a righty, I always prefer a player who is who uh, favors the righty backhand, like Hatchinov. I consider his backhand to be stronger than uh, a stronger, more solid oh, shot than his forehand. So Rafa goes cross court with his forehand, just like how he kind of, just like how that's a matchup issue against Novak. I like Novak, yep. the big serve, big backhand combination. I love that against Rafa. Yeah, I, I agree there. Now you remember the match, right? You watched the Rogers Cup match they played. Yeah, I did. It was it was pretty close. Was it seven five seven five? Sounds right, maybe seven five six four, something like yeah. that. But what was impressive was that you know, a couple games into that first set, I was you could you could kind of tell that Hashinov was redlining. With I mean that with all due respect, mm -hmm. you have to do that against Raj. You have to play on the front foot. I mean, uh, Rafa, sorry, you have to play on the front foot, and he did, and he was able to maintain that level for the duration of those two sets. And I think he even got some pressure on Rafa's uh, service games late in those sets. Those were tight sets, and I, and I remember. Kind of as a as a Rafa fan, I was kind of nervous. It was a tight match. Yeah, I don't think anybody has impressed me more in let's call this period what the the U.S. Open series. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone's really impressed me more than Hatchinov when when it comes to stock up, stock down. Besides maybe Stan Wawrinka, who who's had a really good season. Um, you know, you know what I mean by season. Uh, American hardcore swing swing. Um, Hatchinov is is right up there as a guy who has really impressed me over the last month. I agree, and they've been they've been comprehensive wins, a lot of those impressive wins. Like, I think back to the Isner match. That yes. was straight sets. Um, he's been beating guy, defensive guys, the pushers, if you will, if I may. Um, he's, he's been doing it he's doing it and doing it easily. So, yeah, I, I, I expect to see both of them in that um, third-round match, and I'm excited to see what happens. 
Here's the thing with Rafa. I think besides Hatchinov, and I made sure to to outline that, he has my man David Ferrer in the first round, who who probably won't give him a very close match. Um, Lacko or Pospisil. Um, and then outside of Hatchie, and we're also assuming that, that he makes the third round, he would need to beat uh, Gilles Mueller or a qualifier. Uh, I'm not sure uh, who that'll be. Um, after that, I don't think much is doing. You have Kyle Edmund and Jack Sock. Those are his potential seeds in the fourth round, both in terrible form. And then, well, l l let's start with that. So I feel like around Karen Hatchinov, Rafa has it very nice. Yep, I agree with that. Okay. I think you're being a little bit hard on my guy, nice guy, Eddie, Kyle Edmund. I don't think, I mean, today was a, a bit, a certainly a bad match for him. He got, you know, taken to the woodshed shed by Stevie Johnson. It was one yeah. and two or something like that, but... But I like Edmund on these courts. I remember he upset Gasquet in the first round of, when Gasquet was a, a much different Gasquet. Um, and he was a huge dog, Edmund. He was he hadn't really broke through yet. He's good on these courts. I like him on slower courts. I've said in the past, I think Clay's is his best surface. Um, but he's gotten uh, he's not a grinder, so he, he's a, he's an attack first player. So I think that a slow hard court's on, uh, in my opinion, probably his best surface, most yeah. ideal. Um, and he he went pretty deep here last year too. I think he beat Isner here. He did. I yes. Think. Yes. Um, I, I think we'll have to right. check. We'll fact check that. But, but yeah, I think I think he played Novak and gave him a t relatively yeah. tight match. So let's not look completely past Edmund. Okay. Um, and again, he's another guy like Hatchinov that looking way ahead. If they do, they were to face each other um, at some point in, in the tournament, maybe the fourth round. I think it is. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he's going for his shots, and he's able to redline for a bit with that big forehand. You know. It, 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 who knows? I mean, yes. let's just not, as we said earlier, let's not look way too ahead. Let's not rule anything out. So, yes. You know, Edmund, Edmund is on bad form, but he's dangerous. I agree. Very dangerous. To, to be clear, uh, he got sick. Very, he fell very ill after Wimbledon. And I'm, I've, I'm wondering if that's... You were, the, you were the first on that. You were one of the quickest to, to yes. kind of sniff that out. You didn't notice that. Yep. Uh, I've been, I heard about that T tonsillitis for, for a month not practicing, and so he's still on the way back from that, just to be clear, uh, with Edmund. But you're right, when, when he gets going, he's extremely dangerous. Um, now, on the other side, Rafa's seed is Kevin Anderson. But I don't think Kevin Anderson makes it to the quarterfinals. This is one of my upset picks. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about Shapovalov getting through Kevin Anderson? Um, could I see it? Certainly, but yeah. it's going to take a, it would take a huge match. He's a guy that honestly, and, and people, I feel like people, tennis people don't give him enough credit for this, or they think that his, his, uh, his strokes are too big or unorthodox, but he's a guy that really handles pace, um, on the, off the ground very well. And he's able to counterpunch with the backhand. So if there are a lot of forehands going cr cross court to, um, Chapo's backhand, he'll be able to, to kind of, you know, relaunch those, absorb the pace and, and, and shoot him down the line and, shoot him cross court at a short angle yeah it'll be a tough match he'll have to serve well we've spoken about this too he too too many um second serves with him he doesn't get his first serve in um nearly enough sometimes and when that serve kind of leaves him it, it almost looks like the rest of his game does too i could see it though do i feel strongly about it to, to jump on board with you and i'm not sure okay Chapo... Kevin anderson's tough and he and he really gets up for these slams we saw it last oh yeah year. For, for sure uh kevin anderson he's not a guy who um, I'm normally looking out for to, to lose to a guy who he shouldn't lose to. He's more a guy who you can rely on to beat who he should beat. Um, 
and then lose to who he should lose to instead of, you know, you have, you have a ceiling with Anderson, but obviously a very high floor. The reason I like Shapovalov, just, just to be clear on this, um, I, I like Dennis fighting fire with fire. So I really like him as you, you pretty much just mentioned, he's great at handling pace. That's, that's kind of it. I think that he does a great job of playing, playing offensive players and making them play defense and making them uncomfortable with, with, you know, with just instant offense off the ground. Certainly. Yeah. No, I think we're on the same page with that one. Okay. Now we're going to get, we're going to get to a, I believe a Scotty special based on, based on the Twitter feed. (laughs) You love Sasha Zverev in this tournament. Explain. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, first of all, when we spoke before about what jumps off the page, it was, uh, for me, honestly, the first thing I saw was was uh, Sasha's quarter, his little uh, area. We look at the seeds over there. Uh, on his bottom half, it's uh, Philip Krinovich, who, who really didn't um, impress me. I watched his match last night against Ryan Harrison. It was pretty comprehensive for the American. Philip still looks a little rusty there with his ground strokes. And then Kane Shikori, who we both kind of were on alternate sides when they met in D.C., and I really liked how Zverev came through that match. So if they if they were to meet in the best of five, um, I, I I I tend to fancy Sasha there too. Then uh, elsewhere, you got Diego Schwartzman and Gofan in the middle of the draw. The two other seeds, ten and thirteen, um, you know, guys that that Sasha can hit through. And then Shekinato and Manorina. Yeah. Um, so I really don't see too much competition for Sasha until Marin Cilic in the quarterfinal which will obviously be, be a good match. But I, I can recall matches passed between those two. They're both big hitters, big serves. Um, I think Zverev is, has a little bit more um, intangibles and uh, versatility with his game. Um, so I, I certainly wouldn't be backing down from that match if we were to get it. I'd be looking forward to it. Definitely steadier than Chilich. I'm so on the fence about, about Sasha uh, because this is, this is a very unfamiliar position. We're used to Sasha coming into majors with no rest and a ton of confidence. And it hasn't really fared well for him. But he comes into the U.S. Open now extremely well-rested with no confidence. So it's the exact reverse role. Do you like that for him? I love I, – first of all, I love that you brought that up because that's exactly what I was thinking when, um, when uh, Sitsipas knocked him out. I was like, thank God, because he, he had already won D.C., right? Yeah, he won yes. D.C., um, and it was because oh, if he got past fifty bots, you know, I wouldn't bet against him to make another deep run in my, in uh, Toronto, rather. Um, so I was happy to see him lose because I wanted him to rest up. We just as you touched on, um, he he seems to peak before slams. He did it uh, against Novak in the Rome final. Again, I I'm pretty sure that that was what happened this year in 2017. He served so well, and then once he got to the French. It seemed like he had all all his good serves had left his arm. Um, and then later in the year, we saw him peak at uh, Montreal. He straight set Roger in the final, and then at the and people were he was like the second or third biggest favorite to win last year. And we saw him leave early against George. So I'm happy to see him out. I, I trust him as a player, specifically as a big server, that he'll be able to do it. So give him time to rest. Let his body be fresh. I don't think confidence will be an issue with him. I think he's a guy that kind of oozes it. I agree um, with just, that. Just by, by the type of person he is. So I don't think he's going to be, you know, hanging his head coming into this tournament. I think he's in a good place. That's that, And that was a large reason why I, I like him, finally. And, you yeah. know, if you look at the specific matchups with him, I don't think he'll he'll face someone in the first two rounds that will give him a marathon, that, which is another problem with him. 
beyond just peaking before slams, if he manages to get into these 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 dogfights in like the first two rounds against mediocre players where he's going five sets and saving sets and that match points just you know what I mean? How are you gonna yep. go deep in the tournament That's if you've what's already killing played him. ten sets by the third round? For sure. That's that that is what is killing Sasha. He needs to dispatch these weaker opponents with more with way more ease. My thing on him has been consistent over the last year. To me, he doesn't feel close. He just doesn't. Um, and we're in a place where he's still trying to make his first semifinal. Um, he hasn't really, I don't think, has he, he hasn't beaten the top. What? Who's the highest ranked player he's beat? I'm trying to think in, in a major. For a while, he hadn't beaten the top four. No one. He hasn't beaten anyone. Yeah, no one. Yeah. He just doesn't, he doesn't feel close, which, which has me thinking that this is going to be you know, not sort of like a snap in the finger, all, snap of the finger. All of a sudden, Sasha's won a major. I'm anticipating like a slower build to major to, to Grand Slam prominence. Um, yeah, I I have to agree. I mean, you'd have to be insane to not agree with what you just said. But um, here's the here's my thing with Sasha is that while he hasn't done that at a slam where he doesn't feel close, there have been isolated points over the past two years, where whether it be that Rome final last year, which he won, or the other Masters he won last year in, in, in Montreal, where I've, I've, I've watched the, the Federer match specifically in Montreal, and I was just like, this kid, is he's got to be, you put the big four, big five aside, this kid's the next guy to win a slam. And nothing could tell me otherwise. He was hitting so big off the ground, so confidently, so aggressively, so precisely and just serving so big. How are you going to beat a guy like yeah. that? So I, I'm trusting my own memory, if you will, about what I've seen from Sasha, and and I, I'm going to apply it to this tournament. Um, I think if he brings that Montreal 2017 level um, next week, he's got as good a shot as anyone, man. And I'm, and I'm including yeah. the big four there, big five. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm, I'm just wondering if you agree on this. I think the biggest thing he needs to do is he needs to develop his forehand and, and do some weapon building there because it's just not a shot you have to be too concerned about uh, from, a, from an offensive perspective when you're playing him. Yes, most of the time. And this is something that I, uh, if people follow, no one's going to know the tweet. <laughs> I tweeted <laughs> about it last year. Towards the end of the year, he was really, really struggling. And um uh, in one of those first matches that kind of um, started the slump, I had just noticed that his forehand had zero venom. It was looping up. It was staying short in the court. And I was just like, this isn't Sasha's Zverev. Um, because, and it played a mind trick with me because, like you said, it doesn't look like an offensive shot. However, during those isolated points where I'm confident in his game, as I just mentioned, his forehand's large and in charge, flattening it out, hitting over it. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's. I, 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 think, I think it's generally I'm really good to, from to pull it out. Yeah, I think generally, and we're gonna move on uh, from from Sasha. But I think in general, he's pretty good when he's inside the court, especially when he's just hit a serve. So like, I think he uses it as a first strike weapon pretty well. But it's in the return games when he finds himself in a more d defensive court position. I don't find him using his forehand to actually advance his position in the point. I would say that's my. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I really wanted to pick Delpo to, to win this tournament after I saw what he did hardcore season uh, after the Australian Open. And then when everyone was sort of forgetting about him, Wimbledon French Open, where I thought that he had a decent showing there considering um, 
the circumstances and considering I don't really like him, uh, his game for grass that much. So I was primed to go with Juan Martin Del Potro to win this U.S. Open. But the wrist stuff has me just really afraid of that and not very confident. Where, where are you at with Del Potro? Uh, the exact same line of the exact same age. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a guy that after, I think it was the was Miami where he beat Roger this year? I yes. Um, no, no, it was Indian Wells, yeah, that, the final, Indian Wells. Didn't? Oh, that was the semifinal where Roger played, where Roger played Schwartz? Um, yes, that was. And then Delpo in Miami uh, lost to Isner in the semis, I believe. Okay, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Okay, yeah. so yeah, um, after that Federer match where he went toe-to-toe with him, and again, this was... Federer of March, or Federer, yeah, Federer of March, or February, whenever Indian Wells is, when he was a much different player, a much more confident player, uh, dare I say invincible, he's, you know, in terms of people on tour that could beat him, and um, Delpo took it to him, so yeah, I, I was high on him then, I was high on him post-Wimbledon, I was high on him until you told me about the wrist injury, <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when I started worrying about it, because yeah. it, it, I don't think, regardless of how cracking his big serve and, and you know forehand are you can't win seven best of five matches without a backhand slicing things back you just can't yeah i do think he can make the semis because yeah he doesn't he i actually think that he's got one of the better draws unless unless you're you're really terrified of uh chorich or Tsitsipas, um then i i think delpo on the other side it would be uh isner vavrinka uh possibly raunich so He's looking pretty good to to make the semis, in my opinion. I, I do have him making the semis. He did it last year without uh, without a great topspin backhand. He beat Federer. He yes. beat Federer. Yeah, no. And I, let me let me write the record. Um, it's definitely possible. And for a while there, before he did start hitting over the backhand and putting some uh, injecting some pace into it, where I'd kind of come around on his like n- new game, if you will, just because of how good the forehand is. If you could slice, if you physically can slice enough balls back to find a, a shot where you can hit your forehand and then just hit it like Delpo does, fine. So be it. You know what I yeah. mean? Well, but, it, um, it it made his forehand but better. But there were two because he knew yeah, he had to do so much damage. You said, yeah, there were two names you said that I'm not so sure he gets through. Two of them. Should I guess? Delpo. I mean, let's I think go. You can get it. Okay, is it? I I'd say it's Isner and and Vavrinka. No. So Wrong it's on Raunich. both of them. It's Chorich and Sitsipas. Oh. Okay. Chorich. Who do you think's winning that Sitsipas. match? That's one of the toughest calls. That's a tough call to me for me. I think whoever wins that match can give him a can run for his money. Okay. Uh let's let's hit on Chilich really quick and then we'll get to Stan and Andy. Um then um I'm gonna just fling three upsets at you because we did really well at a Wimbledon with that. So we're going to try that again and and then we'll get out of here. So so Chilich, I'm a little bit, I think that he's got first round, second round, two pretty tough guys. And I'm, I, I would not, you know, it, it would feel weird if Chilich had a repeat of Wimbledon, which was such a, a disappointing result. But he has Marius Chopel in the first round who has beat him once. Chilich has lost to him once, both three setters. So and Chopel's playing really well right now. And then, excuse me, it's not it wasn't the, it's not the second round. It's the third round. He could draw uh, Diminor or uh, TFO. Yeah. Are you how confident are you about about Chilich getting through that? 
I think he'll get through Chopal in the first round, but you, you hit it on that. They're, they're, they'll probably play a tight match. I could see a yeah. seven set or two, um, a deep set. Um, but I don't think Chopal – I think Chopal's a guy that kind of excels more in these smaller tournaments. I don't think he's a, a best-of-five guy. Um, so okay. I'm not so worried about Chopal. Demonor or TFO, two guys that I think could, could trouble him in the uh, third round. We saw last year Chilich struggle against uh, another defensive uh, baseliner. Uh, Diego Schwartzman, mm-hmm. and um, you just saw him. If you get enough balls back against Chilich, he'll more than likely hit an error first. Yes. If if you can get if you can run him down, and that's that's a big tall order against Chilich to make him play a lot of balls back because of the the offensive aspect of his game, obviously. But um, if it gets there, it, it, those both those matches could get, could get tight. Do I yeah. feel a lively upset? Not really. Okay, Stan and Andy. I feel pretty strongly about this question, but uh, who do you think has a better tournament? The the two walking wounded. I don't know, man. It's bizarre. There have been so many matches where I'm like, I can't see Murray winning more than one <laughs> or two games throughout the match. It's the heart. And he goes out and, win, and wins them somehow. The guy can't even walk, and yet he's able to win <laughs> points. Um, so I, I, don't, I feel kind of funny almost ruling out Andy. Having said that, I've been so impressed by Stan over the past few weeks that uh, – I wouldn't put it past him making a kind of deep run at the tournament. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Stan would basically he he'll face big servers. He'll he'll face Raonich and and Isner very likely, which I don't love because he's got the the block return. Um, but you know, so I, I I almost feel like he got some bad luck with with his draw. But I do think that he's in good enough form to make you know a quarterfinal again. It's it's funny you say that though because. I was ready to literally ready to interject and say I like his game against big servers because of the block return. He's able to. He, it's something that I wish a guy like Team would pick up. Pick up, and I've said this in the past, especially. And they both have the big one-handed backhand. Yeah. Get the first serve. Get the serve back. Get just try and work your way back to a neutral rally, and then you know take it from there. So I, I kind of like. I'm on the other the other side of the fence there. I kind of like him against big servers. So okay. um, I, I'm not so worried about his draw. I think he got a decent draw. Aside from Dimitrov in the first round, which I oh, think right. he'll be favored going into that match, having said that. I agree. I, I favor Stan in that as well. Um, okay, let's get to the second weekend pretty quick. Let, let's actually let's, – let's skip over to the final. I'm expecting a, a Rafa-Nole final. Chalk. That's chalky, but yeah. I know, but, but that, that, that is what I'm expecting here. Now, I actually think that – I don't even know. Maybe this isn't a bold statement at all, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, there are, and you know, we Novak's early rounds look okay, but I think that Federer or Nadal, I think that it's it's very. I'm kind of feeling one of them to get upset before the semis. Yeah, and despite everything, still kind of feel like it's Nadal. To Nadal to be to be upset before the semis. Yeah, to yeah. be upset. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Upset. I don't. I think that. Defending titles is difficult. I mean, would you? Does that factor in for you when a guy's defending a title? Like, I don't, I don't like that pressure on Rafa going into this tournament. Yeah, and he's a guy. He's such an emotional player, and Very. you know, he's his mind is working a mile a minute always, which is why he's such a great competitor. But yeah, I do think that that um, plays a factor with him. Um, again, tying back into that, he is such a good competitor. I don't think it's going to be an adverse thing for him. But um, 
I just think beyond the 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 idea of defending, I just think his game is so dependent on on you know effort and 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 grinding out that if a guy comes out plays their A game in red lines, he's he's there to be beat. Yes, we've seen it in the past. Right, a guy like Verdasco, someone like that, they're not going to play. But you yep. know, just using him as a an example of a type of player that could upset him at a slam. Yeah. Um, and you know, look at the seeds in his quarter. Chapo, Team, Edmund, Sock, Hatchnoff. I'm not going to say anything more about these players beyond the fact that they're all shot makers. Yep. And they're all guys capable of, of, of having a win on their racket. Um, and that's who need, you need to beat Nadal. So I, it's an easy path-ish. But um, if a guy catches fire and any one of those names that I just mentioned, you never know. I'm with you. I have Chapo to, to the quarter, and, by the and way. Anderson We've talked about that. that. And Anderson oh, in right. the quarter. I forgot about, of course. Yeah, who who he handled, he's handled really easily in in the last in their last two best of five meetings. Yeah, of all those names that I just mentioned, I think Anderson's the least um, potent. I'm talking yeah. about a guy because he's never going to look to redline really. He plays too solid of a game from the baseline. Right. But um, would you be that shocked if Sock, despite how bad he's been, yes. going to be almost I'd be, I'd be, irrelevant? I'd be match. stunned. I would be stunned. I don't think Sock has has any feel for for singles tennis right now. I, I I really don't. Like I think I think he's lost out there. But I don't think you need feel if you're going for lines every single shot, which but, is what he'd probably do anyway. It would either be one maybe one, on two, one or side, maybe, May, maybe on his forehand, maybe on his forehand. But oh, you, you got to hit a backhand too, right? So you. His backhand is okay, anyway. I let's not get into this. Fine. Let's not get into this. But uh, okay, yeah, let's I got... if it would take too long. And yeah. I, I don't want to be pigeonholed to the stock battle, please. Oh, oh yeah, of course. No, yeah, you don't want that. Um, okay, so I'm actually going to. I'm gonna. I've said that there's gonna be a Rafinole final. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna save my pick for part two of this preview. Uh, but but you can go ahead and uh, if you if you have one yet. I mean, this is still early on. The draw just pretty much came out. Um, four hours ago. Do you have a pick to win, though? Yeah, I have Sasha to win. Sasha to win. Sasha okay. Win. This would be huge. And I have, and I have, yeah, and I have Dark Horses, too, that I think are, you know, a, a notch or two less likely than my safe picks. Yes. Um, and they were the two guys you mentioned, George and Tissipas. Okay. Interesting. George, so, Tissipas, that's it. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you three upsets now. You're going to tell me if you like them or if you don't. Last time, I think I gave you five, so I'm a little bit slacking here, but I think that we hit, like, four of them. It was, it was very good. Wimbledon. We had a good showing. Yes. Needless to say. Yes. Okay. We actually already talked about one. So, Chapeau over Anderson. Yay or nay? Uh, I think a sophomore slump may be in the works. I also think, talking about pressure, I think a kid like Shapovalov at 20 is, is more likely to wilt than a guy like Nadal defending. And okay. um, after Shapo kind of stealing headlines last year, he's got a lot to defend, even though it's not a title. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to say nay. Okay. Istamin over team? Uh, nay. Okay. And Noah Rubin over Chung? Like uh, like the hardest of nays. Hardest of nays. And, that, and then All not right. even speaking. Eh. Yeah, nay. Okay. Keep it short. Nay. All right. Let's see what happens here. Three days. Last time, Three last days. time, last time, I got a lot of yays. Yeah. And okay, so so it worked out. So I don't know. Maybe now I'm now I'm not feeling as good. 
I want more upsets. It, it's I mean, very you know, early. Got... I know. I know. It's 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 very early right now, and uh, there there will be there will be more to come. I don't. Let's see. What else do I have? I'll, I'll look. You know, I'm always what what always ends up happening. Oh, what about? Oh well, I to, I told you TFO over Chilich. You're like halfway on board on that. Yeah, I'm halfway on board with that. But I think the Chilich. Um... Yeah, I mean, it would it would take a lot from TFO to, to knock out Chilich. I think Chilich, after a poor performance here last year, obviously he has a U.S. Open title in his back pocket. I think he I think he has a, 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 a at least the quarterfinal this year. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see with Chilich. He he needs a big tournament after after Wimbledon. All right, so that just about does it for us. Did we miss anything? I think we got everything. Um, maybe some, some sleepers. Okay. Th- th- throw- I just want to quickly say pa- Pablo Carreno boost is back. Okay. That, and I can, we can oh, leave wow. it at that if you want to okay. keep things moving, but I've been really yeah. impressed by PCB. He always does well at, uh, Winston-Salem. It seems, um, it always, see, I said this, he always seems like him or, or, or RBA, one of the three named Spaniards that does well there. And, um, he's a guy that made the quarterfinal last year and he took a set off, uh, off Kevin Anderson. So, I I really think he could have another good tournament. He's 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 courts are built for him. They think that they hit they see the three Spanish names. They think he's a, a clay court grinder, and it really isn't the case with him. He's I think he's perfectly suited by these courts. He's had a tough year, um, and it's taken a little while. But but I agree that that he's definitely he's a late someone. season guy. Yep, he, he he's dangerous in this one for sure. Um, have do you have any plans? Do you know be, before we go? Like, have you made what will your U.S. Open uh, attendance look like this year? I'm gonna try and make it after the quarterfinal day. Okay, um, that's always a day I have circled. Ideally, I'd be there from first ball to last on the first day. It's kind of reminiscent of March Madness and you know the manic Monday, if you will, where it's just like you turn around and there's two, three matches on either side of you. So that's always a fun day to go. I'd love to be there if I can, uh, you know, swerve something at work. But um, <laughs> you know, those two days are big. And if uh, anyone has tickets for the semis or finals and, uh, you know, swings them my way, I yep. will turn them down. His DMs are open, right? Putting that out there. Your DMs are open. Yeah. At Scotty Pippen. All right. Uh, we've went extremely long. I kind of knew it would happen, but it happened. 40. Well, it feels like it's been eight, eight minutes. I know. This is what happens. But uh, it's great to hear your voice again. Thanks for coming back on. Yeah, I miss you, buddy. Hope all's well, and you know, good luck with everything. But we'll, we'll be talking during the tournament. Yes, we'll be talking, and I'll I'll see you uh, around Thanksgiving time. All right, buddy. All right, bye. Okay, that was the one and only, the very sharp Scotty Pippen. Hope you enjoyed that one. Part two coming up, most likely on Sunday, where I'll go quarter by quarter, uh, give a winner, give a dark horse. Um, Maybe give a a popcorn match, all that good stuff. Until then, hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time. 
Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean not a cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. Yeah. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.